Welcome to Off the Rip with your hosts that front like they know the most. We talking smack about whoever, whatever is currently on our minds. We ain't no experts, so don't get hurt if we say something that rubs you the wrong way. This is a place where ideas get thrown out and tossed around. If you can't take the heat, get up out the kitchen. We about to serve them up. It's Reem D, Mook, and Shiz. It's Off the Rip. Nothing in common. Nothing to say, nothing in common. I can't stay, come for the comments. Yo, yo, yo. Getting that for sure. What's up? What's up? We back with another episode. We here. We here. We here. We live and we here. What's up, Shiz? How you been, man? Since the last time we checked in. Yo. What's going on, bro? Feeling so you good. You got the Dewey on, man. Trying yeah, to get man. the waves back. Trying to get something back, bro. You know, it's hair. Hoping, 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 you know, when I take this off, you know. I got, hair, some baby, some I got some I got some baby hairs forming under, underneath this uh this do-rag. So yeah, fuck you. Shit's about to be lit. Shit's um, about to be late though. <laughs> nah, man, I'm cooling, man. Uh empty nest this week. So um trying to catch up on some uh some sleep. Um payday off this past Friday, you know what I mean? So you know the VC points was lit, 75,000 VCs towards the oh, that's why you came out of nowhere, like yo, yo, niggas won't play 2K. <laughs> Like, oh wow, now he's like on oh, 2K. Yo, he was on two different yeah, times. I was on 2K for a minute. Um, but yeah, <laughs> nah, run at the theater. Yo, yeah, we no, we did. We did put on a run. Um, shout out you just to shout one out of to y'all to hop on. Yo, one more person. To that's hop all on, we, we needed. Ran it. You know, and Kareem, Kareem over here got the P5, but you know what? That's yo, I ran him off of Xbox. Day. That's what happened. I ran him off. Yo, of you playing on the uh, the Heat, the Heat Theater, three, three, three and three, three, three. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was at the theater. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's all you need. There you go. Yeah, but yeah, week was pretty. Weekend was pretty lit. Got to hang out with my brother, and my sister. So you know, it's pretty nice. <laughs> and that's how you know it's really dad life when like your highlights was yo. I got to play two K for like over two hours, and I hung out with my brother and sister. Like, and that was woo yeah party. Well, that ain't even dad life. That's just true. Getting a 30-year-old life. Yeah. <laughs> that limit. Can't be me. You know what I was noticing, bro? I was like, damn, you know you're getting old when you start looking at um, all the food on Instagram and, like, being like, just your stomach start grumbling. And it's like, I get happy when I see the, <laughs> the reels of the food on Instagram. It's like, I don't even look for the IG models no more. I look for the food pages. Mm. Like, damn, that steak that. look good. <laughs> see, nigga like me, I'm trying to get that recipe. Right. <laughs> Speaking of that, I did see um, this. Uh, it was like an uh, electronic mini golf spot in Boston that just opened put, up. Put Shaq, oh, yeah. Put, oh, wait, yo. No, that's not. Oh, that ad. shit looks fire. Saw, that shit looks I don't fire. know. I just I just saw it on IG Reels and I was like, yo, like, we I need to go to this. To yeah, we crazy. do. We got to have Seaport, though. I have beef with Seaport. Why do you, you have know, beef with Seaport? I got beef with Southie and then Seaport. The S's. Yeah, you got going to have to suck it up. Yeah. What's up with you? I thought you. He said the S's and he told us to suck it up. Pause. So so wait, why do you have beef with with Southie? Seaport, the same type of people, similar type of people as Southie. I okay. mean, the Seaport, uh, yeah. they they cross pollinate. They're, they're neighbors, yeah. They cross. I can I honestly, I low key like consider them the same. If we're being honest, um, they really are. Uh, <laughs> I thought you they had all beef pay because, like four thousand a month. Yo, it's ridiculous. It's honestly, it's 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 gonna become like the new Silicon Valley in terms of just like all the developments that's going on around there at the biotech industry. There's a There's lot no of shit happening. Either. I hate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
can't they park also out have but that's all by design they don't want us there <laughs> they want you to spend money yeah like they have all those apartments there they got a little ass trader joe's in the neighborhood <laughs> and no schools that's a fact. yeah it's not built no for schools. schools that's a fact yeah yeah that's wild but how you doing steve i'm great man living that living that uh expectant father life you know run, mm. run, running errands ma- making specific meal requests um oh i just had my four-year anniversary though when i went out to eat you know i got a little brunch that was lit um fucking buttermilk and bourbon places fire we've been there yeah we've been there yeah Yeah. you had that what was it the alligator what was it the um... alligator fries yeah Yeah. keep switch they keep the rotating menu a lot of cajun inspired stuff tapas so you get you know get a little bit of this little that i love it that's how they get you so as care. someone who spent I time, I don't even know Nola. I'm going to spend sixty, seventy dollars. Like. <laughs> as someone who spent time in Nola, T, how's the how's it compare? Mm. Um, it's up there. It's up there. It's it's got the right essence. I would I would say though, it, it doesn't have that depth of flavor like that. Like damn, like yo, they must have just spilled the paprika in here because this shit busted. <laughs> like it, it's that one little <sighs> thing. But it's supposed to be like higher. Like it's not as down homey, but it's still mad good, and it does have like it's. They're they're putting out what they say they're putting out. Okay, I went to the one. In, I've been to the one in Watertown, and I've been to the one in Back Bay. I one in Back one Bay in was a little bit better than the one in Watertown. It is. Oh, I I, agree. they got two locations. Yeah, mm-hmm. the main location uh, is the one that, um, in Back Bay. In Back Bay. Um, but yeah, because that's the original one. But I just go. It's just so much easier to get to the one in Watertown. Yeah, mm-hmm. easier to park all that. Word. Yo, what's the craziest, like, you ever see some crazy wildlife when you're in New Orleans? Or New Orleans, however you pronounce it? Um, Not really. I mean, I've seen alligators, like, dead ass, just, like, in someone's backyard. Like, you should go, like, oh, but they just be, like, posted. Like, there's, like, ditches, like, in mad different places. And, like, they'll just be, like, on the side part of the ditch just waiting. Like, you're, like, yo, they're waiting for me to fall in or what's mm. up. Other than that, just, like, a bunch of herons around, you know, them, like, skinny leg motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. They be out there looking for fish a lot. Other they be at the muddy river. Really. Oh, they got all, all these little tiny ass geckos and shit that be getting into your house. And Ooh, shit. Fuck that. Yeah, no, like they, and, they, and they just be sitting and they be nodding their head up and down and shit. <laughs> <man weird>. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't understand, but they're friendly. Uh, <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, we never had any encounters like that in Australia. Thank God. Uh, no, there was crazy. that one iguana that ran past the path that we was walking to that beach, and I took off. Rashawn didn't know I was running, but he was just running with me. <laughs> I was he like, ran for like a half a mile, yo. Like that's a black thing. Look at what we running from. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's up with you, Reem? Good man, I'm good. Um, I went to uh, I went to Salem this weekend. One of Marissa's friends from school was up this weekend, so we went to Salem for like the Halloween stuff. Have now, y'all been up there is, in the past few years? That's hard to find parking over there. Oh my god, that's crazy, bro! It was like thirty minutes. It was thirty minutes to drive over there, but we were in the car for an hour in Salem looking for parking. Yeah, that's crazy. It it was wild. It was wild. And then we started looking at the houses, like and and the prices for the homes, right there. Absolutely crazy. Just like million dollar homes, million dollar homes. But it was dope though. Like you realize how hyped people get for Halloween, and then when you go to Salem, Mm. like everybody's just going crazy with the costumes. And I, like there was a couple <laughs> costumes. Yeah, it, it really is. Like there was a couple people that really were just like like A plus. Like they just they they were on point with everything. 
um, the makeup presentation and the outfits. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of expecting people to, uh, cause I had seen it online a lot, people to, um, make that decision to, uh, have a Jeffrey Dahmer costume. Cause I've seen that just on, on online a lot, but nobody did that oh, that shit. I saw at least, which was good at least. So. But it, it was a fun time. Up, the way you made that sentence, I was like, oh, I thought man. you were gonna be like, I thought you were just like, you were expecting a Hitler costume or something. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> wouldn't be surprised with that either. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was expecting to see some some more like line crossing costumes. Like I thought people were really mm. gonna test it there, but it was a lot more family friendly. So I I didn't really see people that were like doing some questionable costumes. It was all like family friendly. No, no thought fits. No black. No, face. none, none. Hey, none. yo, there, really, said, there was no, like no, there was no, like no teenagers there. Yeah. No, like was there no any Wisconsin, there. Said, was, was no Wisconsin cheerleaders? <laughs> was there yo. any Wisconsin cheer, um, Wisconsin oh. volleyball players there? I mean, none that I saw. None that I saw. Oh, oh man. man, that's that's the costume. Wait, are we touching that today? Is that? A, oh, oh, I ain't oh. touching that. I ain't touching that. No sir. Word, word. No, thank you. Oh. I only heard oh, about man. it. That's all. I'm not gonna lie. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Mook. I ain't hey, never yo, heard of it. Yo, Edgar, don't know edit what that out, bro. About at all. <laughs> Wisconsin, who? But you know, who else that's had a, a Packers? Is that, that's another country. <laughs> Dog, you know, uh, no Doja Cats out there. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> hey yo, hey yo, with Korea. That would a costume for real, actually. Korea says some dope week... ass costumes. Some, the makeup was looking right. I was like. All right, bro. That's a nice way of saying that there was some fits out there. Nah, I, I'm gonna send you all the picture we took of this one group. Yo, like they were, it looked crazy. It was yeah, kind of freaking me out. I to believe, be around believe it. Ain't, yeah. nothing, ain't nothing, ain't nothing out there in Salem that's trying to, you know what I mean? People, people wait all year for that. <laughs> they really taking crazy. that seriously. Yeah, so they really nobody, taking nobody that. in blackface, right? Yeah, hopefully. Not that I saw. Yo, yeah. unless you're a dude that's playing a dude that's supposed to be another dude. Then you can do it. <laughs> no, speaking of blackface, I don't know what the rapper's name was. I think Academic DJ Academics posted it. Um, this dude like got a black tattoo over his whole face. Oh, I feel like I did see something. He's a that. black could, dude, though. I cannot rock with academics no more, yo. Yo, he's weird. I can't do it. He's very weird. Well, that video? That video? Did you see the video that surfaced? Oh, well, he was like stealing that bag from the girl or something. Yeah. No, that I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what he was well doing. before that, just because of of the way he reports on stuff. Uh, he's, he's a fed, unhealthy. Yeah, he's a fed. <laughs> he he definitely seems like a kid who was not popular. That yeah, he's, found. he's definitely inside, bro. Yeah. Yo, does he even <laughs> DJ anymore? He's yeah, just I don't think he was, was he ever actually a DJ? He's yeah. Then what was why, why is I he thought, in the I thought he was heavy on Twitch, bro, and he was just breaking down. He was making like, YouTube videos when yeah, I found him. Different beefs and stuff. Yeah, that's what I found. Yeah, he was oh, just okay. breaking down beefs. I I've never. I don't think he's ever time. released any type of music seriously. He probably has like some joke videos out there. It's not like no. DJ Khaled who was actually tearing up the Miami DJ scene back in the day. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty lame. Yeah. What up? What up with you though, uh, Mook? Dylan, baby, how you doing? You know, I missed y'all last week. Can't complain. Yeah, so you did miss a little bit of the Kanye rant last week and the Russell Westbrook talk, but did we so, talk about Russ like, last week? I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad we that touched I on it. Russell Westbrook bit. talk because you know how I get when when I start talking about Russell Westbrook at this point. Nah, so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a little bit of time. I'm gonna give you about 
two two to five minutes, Mook, to get off get this off your chest right now. Mook's Russ Rand. Russell Westbrook and Kyrie. I don't even need to about because the people need to hear your opinion. Go ahead, man. Go. Time right now. This man is shooting eight percent. I'm done right there. <laughs> bro, he didn't even hit the backboard on that shot, bro. Yo, how are you a pro, right? You score two points, you got five steals. Oh, for eleven. And then the reporter goes, Yo, how'd you play today? And then he was like, Yo, I, I thought I had a solid performance. Like, how do That's you fix cold. your face? How do you fix your face to say that, bro? And then the pettiness an accountability the pettiness check. of like <laughs> the sports channel to then put his stat up, his stat line. <laughs> like, how do you fix your face to say some shit like that? Because that's what it is. That's what that's where it starts. It's really the reporter, like, trying to egg him on. Like, you know how his performance was. You're going to ask him that question. What do you expect him to say? That's true. Like, LeBron that's Russ. That's Russ. He's, he's literally just reciprocating the energy he's getting. That's really what it is. Because everybody knows solid. he's playing that. You know? Huh? Everybody knows he's playing bad, so like it's not a question, but he, he's just giving it back, and people don't like he's giving it back. That's what makes me laugh. Like, bro, at, at this point right now, like I've been on NBA trade rumors all day, and I'm just like, yo, like somebody, please come get Russ. Like anybody, I'll take I'll take Gordon Hayward and whatever they want to throw at us. Like at this point, I'm desperate. Gordon Hayward would be a come up for the, on that in that sense. That whole I mean, roster, if he gets to play, that whole roster's trash. The roster's not yeah. trash. It's the fact that you don't have enough shooting, especially that when makes you the roster honestly, trash. I wouldn't even say the roster's trash. It's like literally they don't have enough floor spacing with with Russ on the floor. So that makes it a so bad it roster. It, not the players even if, on even the if roster. You but the, Even, the the grouping is terrible. Dog, they got. Like, I'm. They like this, they play defense. They play they play well enough on defense, but it's like I would rather LeBron people can play two three zone than the team he has right now. Where's Booby Gibson? I would rather have Booby Gibson and Anderson Verja wow. running the court right now with LeBron. That's a name. I'll take Damon Jones. <laughs> You can you can Yo. give me you can bro at this point I'll take Deron Williams back over Russell Westbrook. I'll take I'll take Donnie Marshall. Yo, where he at? Danielle Marshall. Uh, Danielle Marshall. Come on you back, Wally's Wally Skezer back. Making Zerbiak Scott Barone. Oh yes, Scott he was Barone. nice. Bro. He My was bad. nice. His Timberwolf days, he was nice. Okay, yes, he was he tough. had a stint with the Celtics too, right? No, his Timberwolf days, he was nice. Antoine Jameson, come on down. So so here's a real quick question. <laughs> Is Russ mentally tough? Because he's been dealing with this for a few years now, and we've seen how he's played. Yes. But you also he see is. how he responds. Like, is he mentally tough? Mentally tough or just hard-headed? Uh, mentally tough. Hard-headed is something different to me. <laughs> I feel like he's hard-headed. I don't know about mentally tough. You don't think he's mentally tough? I think it's something different. I think I think if he was mentally tough, he'd be able to come off the bench. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He lacks humility. He lacks self-awareness. And yeah, yeah. And he lacks a little bit of humility. And accountability. And that's that's what Magic was talking to Shannon Sharp about on Shannon's podcast. Was, was uh they were talking about when Magic was playing bad and Magic was getting called tragic magic by the team. 
I mean, by the fans, um, Shannon was like, so how did you deal with that? What advice would you give to Russ? And uh, Magic was like, the first thing I would do is take accountability. You know, you have mm. to own it. Like, I know I played bad. I know I played bad in 84 against the Celtics. I know I, I know I jacked that up, you know. Mm. It's a tough thing to do, but it's good advice. Yo, does this affect Russell? Get in the gym. Uh, does this affect Russell Westbrook's like overall legacy now? Like, because like it, it, <clears throat> before he became like an absolute bum, like if he would have just retired, then he would that'd be a Hall of Fame career. I, I'm in the camp. Yeah, I, I'm in the camp that it's really hard to like tarnish your your Hall of Fame career. Yeah, you like, once you, you get did. it to a point, it's really tough to like bring yourself back down. You really got to do some like almost kind Dwight of heinous stuff. You know? He, I don't oh, think he's brought his career down. He, he won a championship late different. in his career. He's a hundred percent. This situation was completely different because I don't think I don't think Dwight Howard lacked accountability. I think Dwight Howard lacked health was a big thing with him, and I think he didn't develop with the times. So like yeah. Dwight Howard mm. was still thinking that he could play the same way that he could play back in the day, and that's not how the and game. Be like gigantic. And he started getting outplayed by Tyson Chandler. Yeah, because he couldn't yeah. run. And that's why he got mad slim. He slimmed up, and then he can't got back in the league. Well, a little bit more than two to five minutes, but that gives us a that gives us to our next topic overall because we've been talking to, about some of these topics for a couple of days, whether it be on or off the pod. So why don't we just bring it out, bring it to a macro level? Just how do y'all deal with when you have to humble yourselves? What do you do when it's like you you finally have that moment when it's like, all right, this ain't working. Um, new new direction needs to happen. Like, how do you deal with that? Like, as a man on a team, uh, some of y'all new fathers, expecting fathers. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. for for me, like, it 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 definitely is like a very uncomfortable feeling, but. It's, it for I guess for it's not it's not too hard for me in a sense like um I was telling y'all this earlier offline but um like with ultimate I play a lot of ultimate frisbee and I started like when I was like 18 and just high school I just played one year played mad well like at a really high level just because that's the team I got on to and um but I never really like learned all the technical shit like my throwing is like very beginner and shit so now like fast forward I'm 30 playing like in competitive leagues around Boston. It's really big around Boston. And there's like 24 year olds are like, yo, Trevor, no, come on, man. You gotta, so like when this happens, you gotta like, you gotta like watch this thing right here and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, okay. We're like, and like, it, like it's so hard for me to not like be someone who like, I know what the fuck I'm doing, bro. It's like, just talk to me regular or whatever. Like they're like to, to someone's really like over coaching me. And I just had to bite my tongue because they really do know what they're talking about more so than I do. So I just gotta soak it up. like. I think the the thing in my head is like, yeah, you have to be, you have to be able to be honest with myself. Like, I know that I don't know the shit that they're telling me. So I need to just listen, no matter how uncomfortable it makes me. And I even found myself like fighting off micro shit of being like, yo, why are you talking to me like that? Nah, I'm frustrated because I didn't, I really don't like know what I'm doing in this situation. And they have a lot to tell me, like it, it, it's my shit rather than them. Like they're telling me cause they want to win the game. Um, so just, you got to just be honest with yourself of what you really know. I think you have to have a desire to also want to do better, become a better person or man. Mm. No, I completely agree with that. 
like in in and for me too like you know for the last few years and stuff like that you know i'm starting to sense that i am getting a step slower in everything i do like especially on a basketball court so you kind of have to take accountability like what i could do at 25 years old is not what i can do at 28 now so it's like you know sometimes like we play in the tournament over the summer Sometimes it's probably better that I'll be sitting on a bench. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if it's for the betterment of, of everybody else and stuff like that. And I've kind of like, like you said, Trevor, I kind of accept it, you know, and I think that the older you get, the more mature you get, the easier it is to take criticism just because it's like when you look at everything from a macro perspective and not just look at, you know, individually of, of how it, you know, mentally makes you feel and stuff like that, then I think you can see a lot of growth from that. And I'm pretty sure you, you're seeing it right now when guys say something like, all right, let me see, you know, let me see what he's talking about. And let me see if I can use that and, and adjust it myself. I like that. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's recognizing my own limitations. Um, you know, when I started playing basketball, I always pride myself on just being just athletic. I always thought that I could outrun everybody. Um, and I think that ultimately became my downfall in a sense when I've gotten older, because now my body's getting slower. Um, in my mind, I still feel young, but when I go to make a move, there's a delay. <laughs> we can tell. And then that's frustrated. That's very frustrating. Um, but it, but that comes with, like I said, recognizing my limitations now. All right. I'm slower. Um, I can't transition back on defense the way I used to, or I can't beat a person to the spot the way that I used to. And it's, it's, it's learning how to, I guess, adjust. Um, I got a stretch now. <laughs> um, you know, you gotta, you, you just, you, you learn these different things. And I always, I always say this with basketball too, in terms of basketball is really like a, is an old man's game. It's, it's more, the older you get, it's, it's the mindset. Okay. I can't beat this person to the spot but yet I can, I can get in his head or I could talk trash. Right. Like I talk shit mm -hmm. now, you know what I'm saying? So there's, there's little, That's there's my little whole game. That's there's little quirks, of my game. In, there's little quirks <laughs> in which I could do to the game to like get a person out of his head so that he slows down. Now I'm now, I'm now I got it. Now I got him. Or, you know what I'm saying? I, I make this pass. I'm a little bit smarter about making passes now because now I can't run around this person and get a bucket or I know, and, and this, this hurts for me sometimes where I'm like, all right, you know, Kareem's cooking right now. I would just sit this out for the rest of the period. Like y'all don't, y'all don't, he's hating on you. <laughs> no, I'm just playing, hey, but just, just knowing, sometimes. just knowing, just knowing when, okay, am I really helping the team right now? Or am I doing a team a disservice of being out here? And I think that's something that we can all relate to, right? Okay. Knowing when I need to pull myself out um, and just, you know, coach from the, from the sidelines. So. Like I said, I think it's just recognizing our limitations as we get older. And I think that really applies to to life. Like we talked about it last week, you know, the things that we did when we were 25 years old doesn't really mean shit to us now. And that's what, three years for most of us, three years ago, like things that mm -hmm. excite me. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> My bad, T. A fucking half a decade <laughs> for me, nigga. <laughs> you know, things that excited us at 25 don't really seem that appealing anymore. And I think for me, it's just, you know, it's, there's different priorities um, now, you know, being a father, uh, being a husband. Um, if I was doing the shit that I was doing when I was 25, then, you know, 
of getting caught up. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I want, I want to challenge one, one, a couple of perspectives, just one part in terms of you guys talking about your body um, and being slower and things like that. I think a perspective that is healthy for everyone is that it just now takes you more effort to get there. Like you're, you're not old, old, like, and you, you don't have, have as much time to practice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't have true. as much time to yeah. practice, but you have like now it matters what you eat when before it didn't, mm. it matters. Like, if you got enough sleep, which before it really didn't. And it also matters if you're like, you actually have to work out for those muscles. You're not just like naturally lean, like, but you could get there, but it's just like the amount of F it takes a, uh, a, a larger, it's a, a high larger level, level of commitment. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point to you. It takes a high level of, of discipline to one, have that routine. Right. Um, you know, cause you're right. It's, it's, you know, paying attention to what you put in, you put into your body, um, you know, the, the exercises and it's all about building that routine around. Cause we got, all, we all got a whole lot of shit going on. So it's, and that, and that's, that's the <clears throat> humility piece. Like, yo, I got to yeah. do all this to do some shit that I used to just get out the bed and do exactly that. That's the, that's the part where it comes to humility. And that's where it connects to Russell Westbrook, where he's like, yo, like, Oh, I can't play off the bench. Like, no, now I, that's what I need to do. I need to learn how to play from coming off the bench now. Like mm. that's the humility piece is like, what do I need to do to get to where I thought I was or where I want it to be, but I'm just not. Due or to, to help like, out the, the group of people I'm with. Yeah, exactly. So it's finding that, option, that what extra do I have to do to get what I wanted? Cause before I didn't have to do that. That's so, that's big piece. No, that's a good point. So and I hate, I know that we're, I don't want to go back to Russ cause I know we already talked about him, but is it, does it come from a place of, or does it come off as him being selfish? Mm, it comes off as him being insecure mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And that's what I said. Uh, I'm not sure if he's mentally, I'm not sure about his mental toughness. Because for me, if he was secure, it doesn't matter that he's coming off the bench. It's not about who starts the game, it's about who finishes the game. Right. So it shouldn't matter whether I'm starting or not. <clears throat> There's been plenty of, plenty of, uh, NBA careers that have been made who are six men who have impacted the game. Manu Ginobili, like a plenty of people who have Hall of Fame careers being six men. Well, I just so, think about a lot of pros, right? Like you think about professional ball players or just people who are at the top of their sport, right? They were always the man or women somewhere. They were that person in their hometowns, right? Go to college. They had to revamp themselves to fit in the system to then go to a professional level, right? Where there's a lot of guys who were, you know, those dudes that in order for them to survive in the NBA, they had to, you know, tap into, you know, a, a specific skill set. I think I, I was, I think I was watching something about Pat Bev. Pat Bev was talking about, yo, I was a scorer here overseas. And, you know, that's not what the NBA needed me for. I, I, I didn't really play defense like that, but, you know, I had to tap into this defensive, uh, into my defense or pride myself on defense because that's how I was going to make my bread and butter in a league so it's like surrendering who I was on this journey up until now like this is who I am you know what I'm saying um but here's what so that's here's, the humility piece yeah but here's the the issue is is yeah that's somebody like Patrick Beverly who had to fight to get into the NBA same thing with like a PJ Tucker who had to go overseas and fight his way back like those guys understand it because they understand like listen like this is where i was 
and how to fight to get to where I am. It's probably harder for a guy like Russell Westbrook, who's won an MVP, who's been arguably a top, you know, three point guard in the NBA, to find to come down and accept that he's not who he was just three years ago. And honestly, it. It's but even who he was, to... even who he was three years ago, and even when he was winning these MVPs, he and even though we have also challenged the narrative about how good of a teammate he actually was. There still was the, like, he ran KD out of town. There still was the, he turns the ball over. There still was, he can't shoot. He takes bad shots. Like, that That stuff has always continued, and now it's just being highlighted on a whole different level because of how bad but, it's gotten. But let me, let me ask you a question. Is it looked at completely differently when you play in OKC compared to when you play in Los Angeles? Exactly, it's magnified. Yeah, because that. Mm. So that he needs to go to the Pacers. Pacers. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. If he yeah, was he doing needs... this on the Indiana Pacers, nobody would care. Exactly. Yeah. When you're on the LA Lakers and playing with LeBron, yeah, there's expectations. I would say people would still care because it's Russ, but I, I get your point that the the spotlight definitely adds to it. Uh, but Reem, what about you, man? I, I I think we heard from all three of the other the other guys. I don't think I heard from you yet. Um, I think it, it, it's something where I, I feel like it's something I like, I heard uh, a saying in like a, a YouTube video I was listening to about, uh, from a psychologist. And the idea was that if you treat everybody like they're important and that they're special and that they have something that they can teach you, then you're always going to have some ability to be humble and take information in. And so something, I, and I'll, phrase this in terms of my work as opposed to athletics but you know whenever I talk to somebody there's something that they can teach me there's something that they can mm-hmm. give to me and in a way I'm being selfish because I want to learn from them but I'm also giving them an opportunity to say something and to express their knowledge and experience and I think that's a huge part of humility is being able to accept that people know more than you right mm-hmm. and to be able to take feedback and sometimes criticism and recognize that it's not the intention to tear you down, it's really to actually pick you up to make you better, right? And so when I think about my work and talking with patients and what I do, sometimes they will critique me and say, I didn't like how you asked this question. This made me feel this way. And I could be like, well, it's not my intention. That's not what I try to do. Or I could listen to what they're saying and recognize they're teaching me something. Now, next time I have this conversation, I can think about it differently. And so like, I, I really try to think about that a lot more for probably the past like year or so. And I think it's helped me a lot to feel like I'm more humble, to feel like I'm more open-minded and that everybody I talk to has someone they can offer me, you know, whether they're a, a five-year-old kid or a 90-year-old man or, you know, some random dude off the street, like everybody can, can offer something that can benefit you if you just choose to accept it and look for it, mm. you know? And I think that's something you can take anywhere. You can apply that to sports, you can apply it to work, you can apply it to family. Like, and so I think that's, that's something that itself. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I think for me, that's what kind of stands out is being able just to recognize that like everybody's special. Everybody's got something that they, you know, can, can offer themselves, but can offer others. And so if you, if you value that, if you really value what other people can do, then I think you, you find it way easier to be humble. You find it way easier to accept feedback and to make changes as needed. Yeah, man, that, there used to be a quote when I was uh, back in my old job that I had oh, hung up in my, exist in my office. There used to be a quote that hung up in my office at my old job. There you go. 
for the grammar fanatics like Trevor. Um, it's, it's called, uh, and I'm not a spiritual person, but this quote spoke to me. It was, uh, humble yourself or the universe will. And uh, I could just, that, that quote speaks to me because I can think of so many times in my life where I thought that I had it all together or that that I was um, on top of my game or, you know, the bees, knees, all that, the bag of chips. And it was all put into, put into check real quick. Um, I can think about when I was in high school and, you know, I was coming off of being class president two years in a row, um, coming off of playing ball, um, and then applying to college and then getting rejection letters all, all that whole time, getting like seven rejection letters. And one letter that I got into was the one place I got into was UMass. And I remember being so mentally messed up by that, that I didn't even value that I got into UMass at that point. And that jacked up my whole experience my first year because I was basing my value off of something that really was unfulfilling and was off of, off of what I ascribed to other people, how other people thought of me, not really how I thought of myself. And so that was a moment where I just had to like really, really figure out how to keep going, man, how to, how to move forward. Cause I had this image of myself and then the reality of it was not it or the, the reality of what I wanted it to be was not it. So I had to figure out how my, I personally aligned um, and I had to humble myself uh in order to figure out how to keep going and i think i still <laughs> y'all i laugh because y'all might agree with it sometimes i have some irrational confidence and it comes out it comes out sometimes um but back then i was you know i was borderline arrogant not borderline i was arrogant and so i'm glad that that happened now when i look back on it because i don't think i would have been a good person if i didn't have that moment to humble myself um so like I, yeah, that's just when I'm thinking about that. That's one. And even right now, I'm going through um, a situation where it's like I'm in a situation now, a situation because I left the old one and it's not going the way I thought it was going to go. And I had this grand plan. I had this idea. They also say, you know, God laughs when you have, when you make plans. And again, I'm not a spiritual person, but it's like so now I have to humble myself in terms of, you know, I, I really had it figured out. But the old situation that I was in, um, and I'm not talking, I, I love you. I love my girlfriend. I love you, Steph. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about professionally. Um, the old situation that I was in uh, was, was what I deemed toxic. But then I got into a more toxic professional situation. And it's like, dang, like, I, did, I really wrote off everybody who was telling me what to do at that time. I really said, you know what, F it, I'm washing my hands, I'm getting out of here, and got into a worse situation. And so now it's like, now I got to humble myself again. And it's like, but do I figure out a way to stick through it and persevere through it all besides tucking tail and running or disassociating and just unplugging? You know, so that's what I think about when I think about some humility and humbleness. The grass ain't greener, huh? Not, all, not always, man. It's, the grass ain't always greener. It's and never greener on the other side, bro. Everybody has um, a wheelbarrow of issues. Everybody has, like, you know, you think it's better over there, but you get over there and it's like, oh, snap. <laughs> mm, that's real. You, uh, you, you made this comment twice, and I'm just curious. You say you're not spiritual, 
when you say spiritual, are you talking like religion or are you talking like spirituality, which typically is differentiated from religion? Okay, I'm just curious. I would say I'm a little more spiritual um, than I'm definitely not religious. God damn, um, that's what I definitely not. Religious. That's what I know you to be. So I was I was curious <laughs> if you were interchanging them or if you made. Yeah, I, I wasn't interchanging them in the moment. Got you, got um, you, got you. But no, I guess you know there's there there's some sort of vibe, some sort of. I don't know, the force. I'll call it the force because I'm into Star Wars because I'm a geek and nerd like that. So the force is out there. Something's happening, you know, the cosmic balance, mm. karma, if you will. Yeah, right. Whatever word you want to use for it. There's definitely energy out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't stop. Don't stop talking on behalf of me, yo. No, I think you you make a good point. One about just like professionally, you know, how you can humble yourself. Whenever you start a new job, you're you're meeting new people, you're starting a position that typically is unfamiliar to you. So you kind of have to humble yourself. And those first, like that new hire period, that training period is very much a humbling experience when you're you're learning and you're allowed to make mistakes, but like you're trying to figure out how to do things. And then at a certain point you realize is this a good fit or is this not a good fit? And, and that can be a humbling and kind of uh, awakening experience when you recognize, like, did I make the right decision or not? And then maybe you start to beat yourself up and you start to question, you know, did I make this decision right? What about this decision? What about this decision? And then like, and I, I can just see where that starts to kind of like spiral if you're not careful and you don't have the people around you that can kind of talk you through stuff like that, you know? I feel like um, I got like for going professionally. I feel like I got I got humbled in my uh, with my current job right now. Going from where I was before, um, my old job, I could hide behind like just my general people skills or personality to avoid like having to be organized and things like that. And I thought I was going to be able to kind of finesse that to some extent with this job, but um, it's been great because it's actually been professionally challenging. Like. I, I like there's no way around it. if I wanted to do have a resemblance of any quality at my job I had to be have to be organized and keep data and records and and actually look at those um so I think being humble actually does make you help you get better too because like this is the most organized I, I've ever been and I still am not that organized but like enough to do my job well um but there's just so much stuff you got to know when you work in a school. It's too mm-hmm. much, especially if you're, I'm the, I'm the gap between the parents and the school. So like, I got to have like learn all the parents perspective on how they do things and mm-hmm. then know how they do things in schools in general. So I have to know, know like two, both sides very, very well. And I didn't foresee that. I thought I was going to be like, Hey, what's up Tanya? Yeah. Your boy doing real well. Yeah. I got that, that camp application for you is is smooth, but like there's that. And then there's, I got to write down that I even spoke to them and what they're about and then know all the backgrounds and find the camps that qualify for them. And then they want to waiver. And then I got to find out what program that goes for. And I'm like, damn. So definitely, I thought I could just be the the figurehead of of being nice (laughs) and joyful, but like, there's just so much more shit attached to it. But, um, yeah, that definitely that's that's this has been the most humbling professionally, but I'm proud to say that I'm kind of stepping up to it. 
Not kinda, I am. That's what's up. That's what's up. I feel like me in my capacity now, <clears throat> as someone who was in the position that now I'm supervising, it's like, you know, I've always had that tension with the leadership team, but now being on the other side and being in certain spaces where it's like, all right, well, this is the data and what's the story behind this? And it's very humbling when you're in that situation and your shit's just kind of put out there. <laughs> and it's the and same it, bullshit you used to say when you was in that position? It's the same bullshit that you used to say. And it's like, well, I'm trying to not be the person that, you know, Repeat that's the cycle super, I'm, not, I'm really not trying to repeat that cycle. But then it's also like at the same time, hey, like I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And I think and it was very- time was, Yo, you're bullshitting. Like, yeah, let's yeah. be real. You bullshit. Yeah, no, but that's what it is. That's what's <laughs> like. But but to me, looking at it and similar to what, what T said, like in that capacity, I felt like I could hide. I could get get away with certain shit versus someone who is in my face. And I'm asking them if they need support um, is blatantly sp spilling bullshit to me. And it's like in my head, yo, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. But also at the same time, there's certain conversations that you're not pervy to because that's that's where that is and i i can only be so transparent to you but bro i'm gonna need you to do what you need to I, I need you to get on this you know what i'm saying and i think you know being in that space i was able to eat you know some humble pie in terms of oh, okay like i i get it now like i see it but also um i think it's just making me a better leader in terms of it's like you know being a point guard out on the on the court knowing my personnel knowing that you know, I can lean on this person. If I give him the ball, he's going to shoot. This person might need a little bit more of a pep talk. You know what I'm saying? Uh, meaning that I got to check in with them at the beginning of the week, middle of the week and end of the week, because he says he gets it, but then by Wednesday, it's not done. So now we're going to, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's just really knowing my personnel, but I think being in this position um, has definitely made me a better professional in the sense of, okay, now I'm, I'm really seeing, the other side but also we what i was really on some bullshit <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's just interesting i feel like it's rare to be able to see that that switch so quickly you know to like be on one side and then almost not immediately but pretty quickly transfer over to that supervisory kind of role and be able to compare your experience just like a, a year or two ago to now being in a leadership role yeah well, honestly in my opinion i feel like that's what makes a really good leader is a good leader is somebody who's been in the trenches and seen everything like i feel like you know to hate to bring it back to back though we think about you know the best coaches generally are guys that play the game and they get the most respect so i feel like Rashawn in the position that he's in now because he's seen it from his from his perspective as as you know on the the ground level now being a little bit higher above them you know, he has a different perspective where I feel he connects to, you know, he connects to, he connects to the people under him a lot more than say somebody who just got the position and just kind of like, you know, being thrown into a position of, of, of power and just told, okay, this is how we want things done. And you don't have that, that one-on-one -on -one connection with everybody. Yeah, word. So I just did a quick search and I got a couple of tips to develop humility when I throw these at y'all, see what y'all think are like. So, you know, uh, we have spending time listening to others. I think we all highlighted that. Um, the importance of listening to others and 
not just listening to others, but seeking feedback and asking for help. And not just seeking, for me, it's receiving that feedback um, and understanding it. Uh, that That's one of the hardest things for me to do is like take that advice in. And so many times, even just familial, like talking with my father or mother, they'll try to tell me something or give me advice and I, I won't listen to it until I get in that situation. And then once I'm in the situation and the negative outcome has happened, I'm like, damn, now I know what they're talking about. If And I'm trying to avoid that now to be like, let me actually seek the advice first and let me follow through with what they said and then follow back if it doesn't work. Because too many times I try to go about it alone and that could be on some man shit, just like, yo, I could just get this done on my own. Um, some toxic masculinity right there. And uh, sometimes it just don't work out. You know, everybody needs a team. But so, yeah, spend spend time listening to others. Uh, pack, practice mindfulness and focus on the present. Um, that that That's a little bit, kind of gets to a little bit of the spirituality. One thing I talk about that is like, yo, don't take it personal. So sometimes I take take things way too personally and it's really not about me it's about whatever that person on the on the giving end is going through and then it's just manifesting in that way and i'm on the receiving end it's not really about me it's about that person tripping and whatever emotions they dealing with and if i respond to it because i think it's about me then then usually conflict arises can i give you a quick tip on on how to deal with that so i I know a lot of people that have trouble with that so one thing you can do is separate who is telling you something from what they're saying so a lot of times when we hear things we're taking in what somebody Mm. is saying but then we're also assessing our relationship to that person and in kind of intertwine like you're connecting that with what they're saying and that causes some of the kind of message to sometimes get misconstrued or for you to take it differently but if you can just listen to what they say and remove that from your relationship to the person then you're more apt to be able to actually assess what they just said and evaluate if it's helpful for you, you know? And so it's something that you can practice just when somebody says something to you, even just the simplest of things, you know, like, uh, are you annoyed today? Or why do you feel mad? Or like, why are you, why are you acting mad? Right. You know, that kind of can get people annoyed because you're assuming emotions about somebody. But if you can separate just that statement of, they just asked me, why am I feeling mad? from what the person who the person is in their relationship that can help you to kind of break that down and not get annoyed when somebody asks you that i know that's that's a trigger for me i don't like people to to guess my emotions but when you can break down what somebody's saying to you from who is saying it it makes a difference and it allows you to take it in a little easier absolutely there's times where where i've been triggered by authority figures because they're authority figures and I bring it mm-hmm. back to something that one of my mom might have said to me or that my dad might have said to me and then I'm taking out that issue that I had all the way back with whoever my parent was I mean whatever I was going through with my parent at that time and I put it on that person and it's like that's that's not fair um, I need to separate that and again not take it personally separate the message from the messenger like you said Reem. Um, I like that so then we also have be grateful for what you have uh, we talked about that, you know, the grass ain't always greener, you know, don't, don't validate yourself by others. Don't compare yourself to others. Um, you know, really appreciate what you got and then ask for help when you need it. Seek feedback from others on a regular basis and then review your actions. Um, do some ruthless self-examination. 
Mm. And that, that was just a quick Google search that I just did. So uh, not, not really the site, but that, that, that just, those are some things of developing humility that you can do. I like it. I think journaling helps me in terms of, um, you know, just, I think you touched on one, like be, be grateful for what you have. I, I always do a lot of, um, I just, I just start writing, you know, certain accomplishments that I've had like over the past couple of months and stuff. And it really puts a lot into perspective for me in terms of, um, you know, I'm someone who it, it's, it's, it's hard for me. Like I, I'm always competing against, I feel like I'm always comparing my life against somebody else. Like, damn, this person has it great right now. Like, why am I not there? You know what I'm saying? And I think that the more I overthink about that process, um, I get depressed and stuff. So for in order for me to to really stay in the moment, I'm like constantly just writing about, you know, even just the small wins, man. Um, Cause that just boosts morale for me. That boosts my confidence level of, okay. Like at the end of the day, like you move at the own beat of your drum, like nobody else's. Um, and, you know, I think that's just, that's just what I do. That's something that I've really picked up. I want to say about a year ago. Um, Cause even during the pandemic, I was at like a really dark moment. And I think that was just, you know, just being isolated and stuff and being on social media more than ever. Um, during that time so that's a great one for sure yeah yeah that was just good stuff guys that's good stuff fellas i think we can wrap it up here uh, unless anyone has any final comments anything any last tidbits they want to get off their chest what what any good halloween costumes anybody you have to wait 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 to see it on the gram wait to see it on the gram see it on the socials speaking of socials my man, Mook, let the good people know where they can find us. Y'all know where y'all can find us at. You know, by now, if y'all don't know, then, then y'all just a lost cause. But you can find us at OptiWip.podcast or OptiWip underscore podcast. So like I always say, tell a friend to tell a friend to possibly give us a listen. More so, give us a listen. But, you know, you won't be disappointed. There you go. That's another episode of Off The Rip. It's too late for me, the game ain't fair I don't make the rules, but if you break free, ain't nobody care